what an F1 season we've had so far. We have cars porpoising up and down the track, Ferrari returning to the top only to crash and burn quite literally in a lot of races and almost look like they're out of the title fight at this point. Leclerc and Verstappen battling, Verstappen showing everyone what he's capable of doing and that last year's championship was no fluke. Again, I know that was a controversial championship, but I'm just saying. Two sprint races in already, and we have people arguing about whether or not they should be something in the sport. People are talking about whether Ricardo has a future. It's been a wild year, so let's get into it and talk about some of the major talking points. Heading into Bahrain, everybody was pretty convinced that Ferrari were going to be the team to beat. And going into and coming out of qualifying, yeah, that seemed to be the case. Ferrari was very, very quick, and Leclerc seemed to have a really good control and feel of what the car was capable of and was just faster than anybody in qualifying. And the only person who could really match him and come close was none other than Max Verstappen. Already, race one, qualifying, we already were seeing signs of a Leclerc versus Verstappen battle for the entire season, and we got exactly that in Bahrain. Both of the drivers were going at each other for the majority of the race until the Red Bull engine decided to pop and give out on both Verstappen and Perez. That started Red Bull reliability issues. People were afraid that Red Bull was just not going to have an engine that was able to finish a lot of races. How would that affect this epic battle that we expect to see between Leclerc and Verstappen? Well, turns out it wouldn't really affect it at all. Red Bull has been very reliable since that race. Granted, they have had some minor issues that have affected Verstappen and um, Perez, but nothing serious like an engine failing consistently throughout the season so far. Perez has had some mechanical retirements, not really because of his engine, just other issues. Um, But for the most part, again, reliability hasn't been an issue, and it's allowed Verstappen to just absolutely eat away at the competition. He's he's had an amazing season, and he's driven really, really well. So has Leclerc, but it turns out that Ferrari are actually the ones with reliability issues. I mean, just in Austria last week, or rather two weeks ago now at this point, <laughs> Carlos Sainz's car literally caught on fire. I mean, his engine decided to really, really fail, like, badly, not just a, uh, you're going to have to retire because I'm not going to go the distance. I'm going to catch on fire. Yeah, and the marshals seemed to handle it kind of slowly. It was very odd. But anyways, the the Ferrari engine just hasn't been reliable. It hasn't allowed the parents' signs to finish races more often than not, it feels like, which obviously isn't the case. But, I mean, Leclerc's had two races he wasn't able to finish, Baku and Spain. You look at uh, Canada, he got P5, but he started all the way at the back of the grid because of the engine issues. They had to take an early penalty into the season already. I mean, that's just, that doesn't bode well for your constructor title chances, and it doesn't bode well for your driver title chances. So now Verstappen has a 38-point lead in the driver's championship, and even though Austria went really well for Leclerc, maybe not Sainz, but it went well for Leclerc, you still wonder, 
is is Ferrari going to be able to fix the issues that they have so that Leclerc can have a car that's going to go the distance? Because if he does, he's going to be able to compete with Verstappen. The Ferrari car matched with Leclerc has been very quick and quick enough to beat Max. The question is, though, is it going to be able to stay out on the track to do that? So far, that's been up in the air. Hopefully... Austria will be a sign of good things. Apparently they have, from what they can tell, fixed reliability issues. We will see. I mean, they say that, but, I mean, you just had an engine catch on fire in Austria. It's not It's not very reliable, is it? But Leclerc can compete. He can take this to Verstappen. He'll have to try and get some string of first first-place performances if he wants to sway, swing that 38-point gap but I think he can do it. Um, it's no easy task considering the guy he's driving against being Max Verstappen and the Red Bull, although it's not as quick as the Ferrari in certain aspects, it's a lot quicker than any other car out there and others, and that being a straight line, nobody can compete with that Red Bull right now. So it's, I think, also going to depend on the track. Like Monza, I think, is going to be a race where in both cars' current states, I mean, Verstappen should just run away with that. He has more straight line speed than anybody. He's an incredible driver, and Monza's not a track where you can shave off a lot of time by making sure you drive really, really well in the turns and chicanes. You just need to be super fast in a straight line. And although the Ferrari is it's still not competing with the Red Bull in that sense. So it's been an interesting title fight. Leclerc's had his moments. Verstappen has had many of his moments. Um, But really what's overshadowing that is the Ferrari issues, the reliability, and the pit wall fiascos. I mean, Monaco, for example. Once again, Leclerc has a chance to win his home Grand Prix and not a gearbox failure, not a crash, not a engine failure. No, Ferrari not being able to decide when they want him to box is, is what cost him that race. It was a ridiculous way to have that race taken from him. It was really disappointing and really weird to watch, too. Um, I mean, the team radio was just kind of chaotic. Come in. Oh, don't come in. I'm already in the pit lane, guys. Uh, oh, uh, okay, we'll make it work. What? Come on. You, like, you, you got to have a better strategy to that. There are people also, not myself, I think it was just kind of circumstantial, blamed um, Ferrari for Carlos Sainz first and so far only win an F1 in Silverstone, which was an incredible race. I mean, that's that's what those new regulations were meant to to bring us great race but we're not talking about that right now that for me doesn't feel as much of a blunder in silverstone i think it just kind of fell to signs could ferrari have done more for leclerc maybe should they have boxed him so that he could switch tires i mean yeah they should have but i don't think that that's really necessarily to blame the entire race on Ferrari's pit wall again it was just kind of circumstantial I think it just so happened that 
Sainz got to be the favorite driver there by the end. He deserved that win. He was the quicker guy in qualifying, even though he had no feeling that he was going to be P1 in, in qualifying. That was a funny team radio. Um, but it's just been stuff like that. Engine failures, reliability issues, to just the Ferrari pit wall, just having a complete and utter screw-up um, with strategy, which has really affected their chances at a constructor championship and, unfortunately, Leclerc's championship as well. Ferrari aren't the only team that have had issues, though. Mercedes, a team that has been dominant for so, so long now at this point, have really struggled this year, mostly due to porpoising. They've seemed to be the team that's been worst affected by it, worst, most affected by it. Bar Ferrari, they've had pretty bad porpoising, except it hasn't affected them nearly as much as it seems to be affecting Mercedes. Lewis has just not had a great year. I mean, he he snuck into the podium um, at Bahrain because of both Red Bulls failing to finish. Um, but then you look at Saudi Arabia. After getting P3, he falls to P10 and only picks up a point. So it's it's been an up-and-down season for Hamilton, especially. It seems that George Russell and his maiden year for um, Mercedes, he's seemed to have a much better better grip on the car which has been kind of odd he's he's been very consistent and he's finished very well in almost every single race I mean his worst finish this season was in Silverstone and that was because he wasn't able to finish the race otherwise he hasn't finished anywhere below p5 which has been quite impressive he's had p5 in Monaco he also had a p5 in Miami Everywhere else, it's been third or fourth. Sorry, he got P5 in Saudi Arabia as well. Um, So it's been a great year for George Russell, whereas on the other hand, Lewis has had podium finishes like Silverstone and Bahrain, and then he's barely gotten P10. Uh, I mean, it's been an up-and-down year for the team. Both drivers have complained of of back pain and, and whatnot, but it seems that Mercedes are finally starting to turn that around. Canada kind of was that turning point. They look to have the porpoising issues under control, at least more so than they had all year, and now they're starting to really get good strings of of races, um, which is good to see them returning, even though an interesting comment was made by Toto Wolf, and I, I don't quite understand it. He said that it's not good for the sport or the enjoyment of the sport, the competitiveness, etc., to have only Ferrari and Red Bull dominating so much this season. Which, the only question I have after hearing that is, what do you call the last decade of Mercedes dominance? I mean, you have been the only car, pretty much, that has been quote-unquote competitive because you've just been so much better than everybody else. And the only person who could really compete with you was Max Verstappen because, I mean, that guy could probably drive a potato and, and be one of the quickest guys out there on the track. I mean, it's, the dude's rapid. I, I don't think it matters what he's going to drive. Put him in this year's Williams. Granted, Alex Albon has, has driven really well in the Williams, to be fair. He's, he's had a very good year. If I had, and this is going to be a quick tangent, a driver of the year so far, obviously wasn't Verstappen or Leclerc or somebody who's performing 
really well. It's got to be Alex Albon. He, he's had a great year, especially that drive in Australia. What a what a race that was for him. He he's had a really great year, and he's hands down my standout driver for the year so far. Anyways, back to what I'm talking about. Ah, uh, yes, Total Wolf. Sorry, I get distracted very easily. Total Wolf and his comments. It just kind of rubs rubs you the wrong way. Um, I I like Total Wolf this year. He's kind of only been in the news for just annoying people and kind of being a pain in the butt. Um, but this especially is just just odd to me that he would say that. I don't know if he's just trying to get a reaction out of people or if he somehow actually believes that statement. I mean, <laughs> I, I think this season has been great. We've had two cars that are very close in terms of performance, and we have two drivers who are both very, very quick and both capable of winning races um, in, in those incredible cars. We've also had glimpses of Mercedes, especially now, being in a position where they could consistently challenge for podiums. Um, after Austria, I think that Mercedes are definitely a team that we can start putting in that. Yeah, I expect one of those drivers to be competing, maybe even both competing for a podium each week. So now we kind of have a three-horse race, even though I, it would have to be something incredible for Mercedes to take take over um, from Ferrari or Red Bull. But I, I think this year is very good for spectacles. I think it's been exciting, and I think that we've had two cars that are very competitive. We're about to have a third. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a fourth by the end of the year. I don't know. It just seems like a really stupid statement for Toto Wolf to make, but eh. You know, what can I say? It's it's whatever he wants to say, I guess. Um, but it was interesting thing to say, but it, it is it is good to see Mercedes returning to form. Lewis seems to get a better has have a better grip of the car. Russell has had a great grip of the car all year. And now going into the French Grand Prix, who knows? Maybe Mercedes will be able to get a double podium. Who knows? Maybe they'll get their first win of the season. I doubt it, but you never know. It could happen. Another thing that could happen in F1 is seeing Daniel Ricciardo leave McLaren. It's been speculated that he's going to leave. He just has not lived up to expectations at McLaren since joining last season. So far, Ricciardo has only finished ahead of Lando Norris in a third of the races that both of them have started since Ricciardo joined McLaren last season. And that includes races where Ricardo's finished and Lando hasn't, and vice versa. There's a lot of speculation that he'll leave, that he's just not good enough, um, or at least will be racing for a different team next season. And McLaren seemed to be really looking at Colton Herta to be their next driver, which I just I don't know if that is the right idea. It'd be great to see an American driver racing in F1, He's a talented driver as well. It's not like he's just some guy who will help the American audience get even more attracted to the sport. He's actually been driving really well. In 2020, he finished third overall in the IndyCar series, followed by 2021, which was fifth. Um, and so far this season, he is in eighth place so far. So he he's proven that he is a capable driver. His McLaren test that he had in um, Portugal... Just a week ago for McLaren went really well. McLaren were impressed by what he did. 
and he felt very confident about um, how he drove in the car, which is really cool. Again, I think it would be awesome to see an American driver racing in the sport, but I, I just don't know that he'll come in and provide any better results than what Ricardo's been pulling off. I mean, yeah, he hasn't driven well. Again, he's only finished ahead of his teammate in a third of the races that they've been teammates together. But he also has the only win for McLaren since he just joined up. He's a proven driver with a lot of experience, and Herta isn't. He has experience in other um, series. He has experience in open-wheel racing, but he doesn't have F1 experience, and he might not be any faster than Ricardo. Now, he's 22 years old, so he obviously has a better future than Ricardo does. Ricardo's not getting any younger. But in terms of immediate success, I highly doubt that he'll do any better than Lando Norris or maybe even Ricardo at this point. So is replacing Ricardo now the right option? I don't know. I'm not McLaren. I'm not in a place to make a decision on who McLaren's next driver will be, and I'm not a person who would necessarily know better than anyone else of, of whether or not he'd be better than Ricardo. I just feel that it it's, I don't know, jumping the gun, trying to replace Ricardo. He might as well just stick with him and see what happens for another season before you just put someone in there who might not be ready at all and might perform significantly worse than Ricardo. Now, he also might be better than Lando Norris, which I highly doubt. But you never know. It could happen. I just think replacing Ricardo is a little much. I, I think he still has some left in him. And I don't know what team he would be suited for besides McLaren. Like, where where is he going to go? Alpha's happy with Baltas and Joe Guan Yu. Um, Haas, I don't think is are going to replace either Mick or uh, K-Mag. Especially now that Mick is is starting to look like he's he's getting points. He's he's performing consistently. I mean, it's two races in a row with points. Hopefully he can make it three at, at Paul Ricard. Um, he's obviously not going to replace anybody at Red Bull or Mercedes and definitely not going to replace anybody at Ferrari. Alpine, no. I mean, the only places he really has to go would be Aston Martin, realistically. Williams, maybe, if they got rid of Latifi, which, to be fair, they should do anyways. No offense to Latifi. And there aren't many options for Ricardo that aren't bad teams. And I don't think he's... I, I just think he's too good for a quote-unquote bad team right now. So I, I think that's jumping the gun. It'll be interesting to see, but I hope Ricardo can stay. I, I don't think it's in McLaren's best interest to go ahead and replace him with a guy who could be awful for them. And now to wrap up our F1 talk, I want to take a very quick, brief look at, ahead to the French Grand Prix. But before we do that, I want to talk briefly about sprint races as well. So we've had two out of our three sprint races so far this season with one left to go. Now, at the beginning of the year, I had high hopes for the sprint weekends. I was excited about them because, hey, it's extra racing. We get a half a race on Saturday, qualifying on Friday, sweet. I love qualifying, so I get to watch that early. Then I get a race, kind of a race, half a race early. And then Sunday, we get the main event. 
I was I was pretty stoked about it. But now, after watching two sprint races, I'm starting to lean towards the group of people that think sprint races are stupid. Now, they're more exciting than a third practice session. I mean, I think we could probably all agree on that. But they kind of are boring anyways because no one changes tires, so there's no strategy involved, which means you can start on one tire compound and finish the race on that tire compound. There's no pit stops, so everybody, for the most part, just kind of stays in place. There's not much overtaking, and yeah, that's that's basically it. You, you probably are going to finish where you started the race, and that's kind of meh. I mean, the point of watching racing is to see overtaking, or at least hopefully, or strategy at least, and there's no strategy in a sprint race. And very little overtaking. So what's the point? And now we're going to have six of them next year. Three is fine. Four would be okay. Five, you're pushing it. Six, what are you thinking? Six is too much. Like three is good. Four, okay. I could live with it. But any more than that is just way too much. And I, I don't think that we get enough out of these races for it to be justified for six sprint races. I, I I don't know about that decision. I just, I don't know. I had high hopes for the sprints. I was excited about them. And now after two, I'm kind of like, what, what, why? I mean, they don't really add much. You get eight drivers who get to get more points, which is cool, I guess. You get extra points, but you're also taking an even greater risk on Saturday instead of a third practice session for pretty much everybody just to stay where they were. I mean, if it were a little more like actual racing, yeah, I could buy that, but it's not really racing. I mean, again, you're taking the strategy out of it. There's not much overtaking because, I mean, there's just, there's just not. I can't really explain why, to be honest, but from the two races, they're I mean, they just kind of stay in the same spot. I, I don't, I don't get the added value that of the sprint races. Honestly, I'm starting to lean towards the side where give me a third practice session. Just, I, I, I'd rather watch the practice at this point because it's, it's about the same. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not exciting. The sprint races have kind of been a letdown so far. Um, I don't know. I, I think adding a six next season is a little much. And the third one I'm not even necessarily looking forward to this year. It's, again, no strategy, not much overtaking. You just kind of have 20 cars out there driving around a track for half as many laps, and that's basically all it is. I, I don't know. I, I think the sprint weekends are kind of meh, um, which is disappointing. Uh, but we'll we'll see what happens, I guess. Maybe the third one will be incredible, and we'll all be ooing and aahing over it. And my opinion will be changed again. But as of right now, sprint races, eh, they're, I could take them or leave them. I'd rather leave them, to be honest. But with that being said, we're going to look at Paul, the look ahead of Paul Ricard really quickly. Now, it's a track that, again, this is my first season really watching F1. Um, I'm the person who watched Drive to Survive and got hooked. So here we are. Now, I hear Paul Ricard can be a very boring race. 
And I do agree with the people who say it. it's just painful to look at the track because of all the runoffs and the blue and the reds. That, that's true. Now, if you look at last season's race, I don't think that was boring. I thought it was a good race that um, Mercedes and Red Bull fought and strategy kind of prevailed. So I think this season, hopefully it'll be the same, even though strategy is a lot different compared to last year, considering everybody can just start on the same tire. Um, I think this track will probably favor, although it's a a lot of nice straights, I think it's going to favor the Ferrari. I think it'll be the, the quicker car. And so I think as long as it can finish the race, I think Leclerc has a really good shot at, at winning this race. Um, I'd say it's probably going to be a... Leclerc, one, Verstappen, two, and I'm going to go for Lewis Hamilton getting his fourth consecutive third-place finish at this race. So we're going to go Leclerc, Verstappen, Mercedes, George Russell finishing in fourth or fifth because it just seems inevitable at this point, and uh, Sergio Perez, if he has the same kind of weekend or Carlos Sainz, it just feels like they're both not going to finish the race. So um, I think Ferrari will be favored. I think Hamilton has a really good shot at getting his fourth podium in a row. Um, George Russell will be George Russell and finish in fourth or fifth. And we'll see what Perez and, and Sainz do. But um, I, I I tend to favor Ferrari going into this race, and hopefully we get a good one this weekend. But that's going to do it for me for F1. And next week, we're going to be talking about the incredible transfer window that we've had so far. And by next week, I assume we're going to have a lot more crazy things going on. So I look forward to that episode as well. And we'll probably talk about some other stuff along the way as well. But thank you for joining me in this episode. And peace out.